He's already been dead and it's messed with his head. It's John's post-life crisis. Welcome to John's post-life crisis. I am your host, John Johnston, founder and manager of cornnation.com. Your Nebraska Cornhusker site of anticipation for what's going to happen the rest of this football season. Get you to pull in so we're not blocking the drive because I'm going to probably have a bus coming here pretty quick. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> this episode, we're talking with former Husker offensive lineman Jamarcus Hardrick. Jamarcus played at Nebraska during the 2010 and 2011 seasons, then went on to play in the CFL where he won the Grey Cup with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, okay, you have the nickname of Yoshi. Yes, sir. You want to tell us? You want to do? Do I do I address you as Yoshi, Yoshi, or as Jamarcus, or as? How do you go? Um, I, it doesn't matter. I'm, uh, since I got older, I've been going by Jamarcus, but I'm back in I'm back in the uh, Husker land, and everyone knows me as Yoshi. And basically, Yoshi is my football name, and. That's that is that's basically what people know me from is football. So it's Yoshi. I'm cool with either one. So how did this come about? Uh, I got my name. It was actually started as a nickname that I didn't like. I was going to Boys and Girls Club with a guy named Mario. And if you're familiar with the game, Mario and Yoshi, and started saying Mario and Yoshi, here come Mario and Yoshi. And uh, uh, long story short, me, I've ended up finding out Mario's my half-brother. We had the same dad. And I grew to the name. I used to try to fight people about the name. Don't call me Yoshi. And it got to a point when I was in seventh, eighth grade where all I wanted to be called was Yoshi. So you grew up in Mississippi, Cortland, Mississippi. Yes, sir. Tell us about where you grew up, your hometown. I grew up in a town of about 300 to 500 people. Um, not a lot of last names. So it's a lot of tradition from about seven different by only by seven different families there. So it's very, very tight, a lot of things, family-oriented. And, um, man, I grew up playing a lot of ball, going to church a lot, and just being outside in the country. It wasn't um, like today with a lot of social media. We didn't have a lot of TVs. We had a couple bikes and about 10 grandkids. And, man, we just made mud pies and had fun. <laughs> you made mud pies and had fun. Man, yeah, we well, I'm from a from the dirt road, so man, we my we don't have a one or two pal, uh, pavement roads, so we made we made do with what we had. We stayed out in the woods, we stayed out planting mud. There's uh, a lot of gas tanks where I'm from. We stayed playing different games around the gas tank, and that's where I grew up from. So you you left there. You you got into football when you went to Fort Scott Community College, playing for Jeff Sims, right? Yes, sir. I interviewed him before you came to Nebraska. And his quote about you, he told me that you were the meanest football player he'd ever seen in his life. Wow. <laughs> wow. He's a, he'd have been around a couple players. And I guess that's a compliment. I take that one. I, I guess uh, I hope I'm not that mean anymore well, on the field, I hope. But, yeah, man, when I first met Coach Sam, he changed my life. I really didn't have a lot of direction in life. I didn't have a lot going but football, and Coach Sims let me know football was going to open more doors for me, and that's basically why I took my life from the message Coach Sims was telling me. Uh, use football. Don't let it use you. Um, get your free education out of it. Get 
get to where you need to get in life and football will help you get there. And just coming from Cortland, Mississippi, all I knew was football and meeting Coach Sims just opened my ears to so many things and opened my eyes and basically put me on this path to be successful and have something for my name and have something for my kids. So what was it like going from Cortland to the to Fort Scott? I mean, that had to be a big culture shock for you. Yeah, it was a big culture shock, but but for me, I saw red lights, I saw pizza huts, I saw McDonald's, I saw houses, I didn't see trailers. So a lot of guys from the Miami, the Californians, or the Texas and the big city, they hated it. And for me, I, I don't know. It had everything that I need. I had a Walmart, I had a pizza hut. It was everything I like. But far as culture shock, just being in a small town and being in the Midwest, I actually fell in love with it. Just, I've met so many hardworking and honest people, and I actually just fell in love with the Midwest. That's, that's probably why I went to Nebraska. I fell in love with the hardworking and honest people. So what, what did bring you to Nebraska? What brought me to Nebraska? Man, I was committed to LSU. I'll never forget, man. I, when I took my visit, I came down a tunnel walk. So, man, this doesn't feel right. Um, just, just, just the entire visit, man. It was just I felt the whole flip come from me. The LSU commit flipping to Nebraska. My entire visit was so much love. I just remember getting to the Cornhusker Hotel, got on the elevator, and people was calling my name. I was like, I'm a junior college guy. How do you know me? That you're keeping up recruiting, uh, the tradition. Oh, man, just everything about it. I, I knew when I was leaving Nebraska from my official visit, I was like, LSU has no chance. I've been committed to them for two years. And, man, after I took my visit to Nebraska and got to feel the Big Red Nation and go down the tunnel walking, I think on my visit they was playing Oklahoma. It was a night game, and it was a good game. Larry, Shanti, Matt O'Hannon, uh, Ndamukin Sue. Like, it was a good game, a great game for me to come to and watch, and, and I was hooked. <laughs> So it was the 90,000 people in the stands, pretty much. Yeah, that and having a chance to play with Levante and Brandon Kenny and Stanley Jean Baptiste. We all played at junior college together. Nice. And having the ability to, to keep playing with guys I know, and especially guys I was close to, me and Levante actually ended up playing four and a half years together. Two years at junior college, two years at uh, Nebraska, and a half a year for the Bucks together. And, man, I couldn't ask for a better journey with somebody else. So what did you think of your time in Nebraska? What did I take of my time in Nebraska? I mean, your Nebraska football experience. I mean, right now, let's face it, there's so many fans that are frustrated with our lack of success. But it has to be a different, I suppose, experience for you, being on the football team, whereas fans look at it, and if you don't win – you know, oh, my God, you, I'll never watch this stuff again. And for you guys, it has to be, you know, it's something you go out and do almost like a – well, it is a lifestyle for a number of years. So what was your experience, I guess? How was it? You made the right choice, right? My experience, at Nebraska, my experience at Nebraska was great. Um, I have nothing bad to say. I got a chance to experience some big-time college football. I was here for two years. I played in two different conferences. I played in the Big Ten and the Big 12. I got to see a couple of guys go first round. I got to see guys, a lot of guys go undrafted that are still playing. I made relationships that last forever. And I'm still leaning on guys 
that I went to school with, like my dentist for me and my family is Brandon Chapman. He was an old lineman with me. Um, just the guys I talk to on a day-to-day basis, I still talk to Jeremiah Searle, Spencer Long, Marcel, Mike Caputo. It just the relationships that I am built and how comfortable I am that Nebraska is now my home, that I'm still here in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's just that's just how my, my experience is so great having left. So you you mentioned you played in two conferences. What was what did, as a lineman? What did you see as the difference between the Big Twelve and the Big Ten? The Big Twelve, I say, was a lot from from my perspective as an old lineman. From my perspective as an old lineman, I went from going against six one six two DNs that were like two forty to two thirty Devon Millers and guys like that. So when I got to the Big Ten, it was more the Joy Bosa's, the John Simons, the 6'5", the 6'6", 280, 300 pounds, the It was just a different brand of football, both were fun. And the Big 12 was a little bit more. We spaced the field out and tried to get a little bit more fancier. Um, you had to be a more of an athlete. And the Big 12, it was about the muscle. It was all, I mean, the Big Ten was all about the muscle. If you wasn't strong enough, uh, speed did matter on those edges in the Big Ten. People think the Big Ten doesn't have speed. They have speed. and the, But the biggest thing with me was speed and power and size. Just the whole brand of football was bigger and physical to me. Did you like playing in the Big Ten? I, here's, here's one thing I remember about you. I remember a tweet you sent from a hotel room in Minneapolis where you must have been like, I don't know, on the 10th or 15th floor or something like that. And how excited you were to be in a big city or something. Is that, do you remember that at all? Yes, <laughs> yes I do. I, I remember all my visits from being the from first time getting on the plane to when I got to Nebraska to going to all these big cities. And yeah, man, that, my biggest thing was I looked forward to away games to going to places I have seen on TV and just thought I'd never step place in, step foot in. And I, I, my funniest story, getting to Nebraska, I was getting my car towed all the time. I didn't know why. And it was parking meters. We didn't have parking meters where I was from. And I didn't understand why I was getting towed in tickets. And people told me you had to put money in the parking meters. And that was the, that would let you know how small town I was. <laughs> okay, so, so you enjoyed the Big Ten. Are, are you? Yes, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Big Ten besides the whooping at Wisconsin and the whooping at Michigan. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Better than the Big 12? I mean, as a Nebraska guy, are you happy we're in the Big Ten? Am I happy we're in the Big Ten? Um, far as where we land right now, I don't know. That's a hard <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy we're in the Big Ten because of competition. But I don't know. I just think if we was in the Big 12 right now, we wouldn't would be at least a middle to a higher in the pack. Right now, I wouldn't say we're in the lower in the pack, but we're going to fight and scrawl, fight and scratch for everything that we want in the Big 10. Okay, you left Nebraska. After you left Nebraska, you got into the NFL for a little bit. And then you went to the CFL, right? I went to the arena football for one year, then I went to the CFL. And, and what was that again? What was it was a huge jump for you? Was that a plan? I mean, when you were a, when you were a kid in Cortland, Mississippi, making mud pies, did you ever say to anybody one day I'm going to be in the NFL? Oh, yeah, I, I used to 
Well, that's all I talked about was football. All I knew was football. Football opened my eyes up to more about. And if you could talk to anybody I was growing up with, from my teachers to my family, I was always the kid who always walked around with a towel in his pants, had my socks rolled. I always knew I was a pro football player, or I always thought I was a pro football player. I thought I was better than I was. So I don't know. That kind of helped me out in the long run. I always thought I was way better than I was, and I just chased that dream that I – that dream that I saw when I was a kid that I was better than I was, I'm still chasing it. <laughs> That's an odd statement. I thought I was better than I was. I mean, you, you, you made the NFL, the number of people that make the NFL. It's not like you walk down the street and throw a rock and hit a guy that's played in the NFL. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I just have to have to stay humble, man. I, I was in the NFL on practice squad. I played in a couple of preseason games. There's guys out here that did way more than me. I am I am very grateful that I got a chance to set foot in two locker rooms, had a couple of trials. But man, I thought I was better than I was. And NFL humbled me. It was I thought I was so big, man. On one team, I was the smallest old lineman. I thought I was so fast. Went to pro day. I'm right in the middle of the bunch. I thought I was strong. We had a pro day. It's guys doing 10 more reps more than me. So it's just, it's just a different animal, but I'm happy with how things played out. Just being, just being a, a 20 year old or 21 year old and thank you on top of the world. I just thought I was way better than I was. And I got humble when I got cut and it made me work harder. If I ever had another chance or I'm 30 now, I probably won't get another chance in the NFL, but that's what I want to prove. I belong there. So how did, how did you end up in the Canadian Football League? Uh, actually, I was playing arena football for a year. And um, after arena football, I had a kid. And me and my wife, it just wasn't enough money. We wasn't making anything. wasn't enough. So I called foot, I quit football. And I started selling cars for Michael Caputo's dad in Omaha at Markel BMW. And I was selling BMWs, and, and the BC Lions called me. And they asked me, have I heard about the uh, Canadian Football League? And I told them, just, I just heard about it within the last year. And I don't have a passport. And I think I'm done with football. Uh, after working there and working out on my breaks, talking to my wife, uh, actually, her rest is history, just four months. And finally just said, okay, if you guys are sent for me, I'm coming. And you got you went up and played for the BC Lions. Played for the and BC they, Lions. And again, there had to be some culture shock in going to Canada. I mean, British Columbia. Yes, it was a it was a, it was a it was a big culture shock. But I fell in love with Canada. I was kind of in the in the West Coast in the California Canada. My first time ever being in Canada, and I just being a country boy, being to see a lot of water and just nice weather and things like that. I. I fell in love with it, but yeah, just, 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 it's just so diverse and I don't know, it opened my eyes playing to see them big futuristic cities and that's what living in Vancouver was like. Just so many skyscrapers, uh, so many people in the city, it was traffic, it was just so much going on and I, I fell in love with it. So you, you're a champion with the, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yes, sir. And you became a star in Canada 
with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. If I remember right, there is the Yoshi Leap or something like that. Oh, I'm losing you, I think. Oh, man. I'm not. The heart, yeah, the Hardwick Hop. The Hardwick Hop. The Hardwick Hop. Okay. It? Yep, the Hardwick Hop. You got me? Yeah. Yes, it was the it was the hard it was the Hardrick Hop. And yeah, I started that in 2016, just having fun with the fans and just being grateful to be on the field and just doing what I do, just bouncing around having fun. So I mean a star in Canada, again, we're looking at a kid that's grew up making mud pies in Cortland, Mississippi. You got it to the NFL. You didn't necessarily make it, but you found your calling in Canada. The Canadian League isn't playing right now, but are you going to go back to the CFL or are you done? Oh, I'm actually on the contract. I'm looking forward to going back next year. I know um, we're still looking at all the possibilities to play as far as bubble-wise or if things would be back normal. Uh, I'm still waiting on updates on that, but I'm, I'm trying to stay in shape and I'm excited to go back and play in 2021. So and the other thing I read about you is you're the first person in your family to earn a college degree. Yes, sir. And that, that was big to me. It still is big to me. I, my kids know that as normal, everyone in the house will graduate college. You're expected to go to college. You're expected to get a degree. You're expected to have dreams and, uh, and just have goals and go after things that you want in life. And uh, I don't know, just growing up, just seeing people who didn't even graduate high school and, like their normal day-to-day life was just not what I wanted. So I wouldn't say people taught me anything. I just learned from other people's mistakes growing up that I didn't want to do that. And I wanted to be, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to be the first one to graduate college because when I was growing up with so many family members, so many people ahead of me in school and things like that. But for me to be the first one and I broke the cycle and people are, people are trying to follow me from back home. That is so big to me. So in, in my notes, was I, when I was doing some research on your life, what I wrote down about Cortland, Mississippi was, this sounds like a town where no one ever leaves. Yes. Is that a fair, yeah, is that a fair assessment? Um, if you don't, how do I put this? I don't want to put it in a bag. Uh, yeah, if, if basically, if you don't go out and get out and go to college and get away from the, the junior colleges that are, 10 to 15 minutes away, it's just a cycle that keeps going and everyone, everyone just having, everyone just keeping their family there and just, my dad was good in football, his dad was good in football, our kids are good in football, just one small town of good football players, they call it the University of South Nola because no one ever goes to college. So, and I, I agree with you, man. People, if you don't if you don't get out of there and go to college and see that the world is bigger, that all you think is the world is Cortland, Mississippi. So, do you still had? Do you still go home sometimes? Yes, I went home. I would I want to say less than a month ago, and I had an interview back in my hometown, and uh, I took my rings back home and I showed them off, and I went to just went to see some good people. And my dad had a surgery. That was my biggest reason of going home. So when you when you do go home, I mean, how do they greet you? Do they look at you and kind of like go, "Wow, you're too you're too good for us," or do they like, "It's Yoshi, the the guy that got out." 
I hate oh, that. No. I, grew up, I grew up in a small town in Western Nebraska and I don't, you know, it, it's not, it wasn't as poor as you're describing Cortland, Mississippi, but it is, I recognize the fact that if you don't go out and try to get out into the world and do something different, then you can get trapped into a, an environment where it's very easy to become comfortable. It's very easy to do what everybody else does. And if you don't challenge yourself and you don't do things, even if they're different or people think you're weird. I mean, I'm talking to a guy that started out making mud pies. The next thing I, he, you're in Canada winning a world or a great cup. That's pretty phenomenal. So when you yeah. go home, when they look at you, do you, are you, how are you accepted? Man, I, I'm, I'm still, I still like the hometown hero. Um, I remember when I was in college, we had like five or six people from my small town that was in the NFL. And still, when I go home now, we still have NFL players who were first round draft picks who are just back there and made home home. And so it's normal now that I, I was just the first guy in my family to graduate. But for where I'm from, we didn't have Parade Jerry's, Jamarcus Sanford, John Jerry, DeShay Townsend. These are guys who got drafted, won Super Bowls. So that was that was that was my goal growing up, trying to be like those guys. Waking up, watching DeShay Townsend play for the Steelers, or Dwayne Rudd playing for the Browns, and when they both went to Alabama, just being from my small town and waking up, being able to cut the TV on and watching them play that—that that was like, oh, it can happen. That was all I needed to see. Like, like it was cool being a, a high school athlete, but when I was seeing guys that that was coming to my elementary school when I was a kid talking to us because they was a high schooler. When I'm getting to high school, they're playing in pros in college. I was like, okay, it can happen. I remember going in high school, going back to talk with the kindergarten kids. I was like, man, I remember watching guys who are pro now who were doing this when I did it. And yeah, that, that just gave me something that, that basically let me saw it can be done from where I was from. And that's why I still love when I go home. I don't feel any weird. There's a lot of pub when I go home now. I think if I would have stayed back, I'd have been like one of normal guys. But I love going back home and getting the love because I don't have a lot of family in Nebraska. Really, no family besides teammates. So it's good to get that love. <laughs> so why why did you stay in Nebraska? I mean, why you've been all over the place now? Why pick Lincoln? Basically, my wife ran track in Nebraska. Uh, I just had so many – I think I had the best opportunities here, and I think I had the most support and backbone. When I, when I first got out the NFL and I was getting cut and um, I didn't manage my money well and the gyms and all that things was costing so much. So it was so it was so helpful for me to work out at the stadium for all my years. Until COVID hit, my my main place I've ever worked out was since I've been pro is at the Nebraska Stadium, at Cornhurst Stadium. And – just having that and being able to come back. I was working with Dobson and training with the guys I went to school with and a lot of guys I went to school with here just made Lincoln home. So it was people around, people I could touch. And it wasn't, I wasn't scared to get trapped back in Cortland. <laughs> that was the biggest reason. I don't know. I didn't, I really didn't want to get nowhere near the South. I didn't, there's nothing against that. I just didn't want to feel like I'm four hours away from home. You know, I, I get that. I grew up in Western Nebraska. I live in Minnesota. I actually live in a suburb of Minneapolis and uh, I don't have any family here and neither does my wife. And I always tell people, you know, I, I came here to escape my family and her family too. So, yeah. 
it's not anything insulting toward him. They're not bad people or anything. It's just, uh, you know, I wanted to do something different. Uh, what yep. I didn't plan on is nobody ever comes to see us because they think it's freezing cold 12 months out of the year, which I guess, I don't know. It's not so bad sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's, every time I tell anyone to come see me in Nebraska, everyone's just talking it's so cold. Well, to me, I'm so used to it now. I think I'm a Midwestern, I don't, however you say it, but. Yeah, I got shorts on right now. We got a little snow this morning. I didn't play ball in Canada the last seven years, so people saying it's cold in Nebraska right now. If I was in Canada right now, it'd be two or three feet of snow. So this is this is short weather to me. And yeah, back home they couldn't. Every time my mom comes up and it drops below seventy degrees, she's freezing up here. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're not playing football. You're working out and staying in shape. What else are you doing? Um, I've been working for the YMCA. Uh, I do a, a referee basketball and baseball, I umpire baseball, softball. I do clinics with them. So I've been trying to stay active and get a little income coming in, trying not to touch my savings. And, um, yeah, that's why I've been looking for some couple odd jobs. I tried the UPS thing. I was doing the packaging and unloading from 2 in the morning to about 9 every a.m., and it was just the hours and me bending over, picking the back, and my season wasn't canceled yet. I was like, they called me and my back is hurt because I'm working at UPS. So it was kind of when I made a business decision. Then the season got canceled two weeks later. Now I wish I had the job. But, yeah, I'm just trying to make things work and keep keep the bills paid and family healthy. So at some point, at some point football is going to end for good, and then what are you going to do? What, what are your plans? My plan is to be a coach. No matter if I start junior high, high school, I want to eventually get to college. I eventually want to, I want to start as an O-line coach, but I don't care if I'm ever a Division One A, AA head coach. I want to be a head coach. I want to recruit my own players. I want to run my own scheme. I want to put my face on somebody, a face on the team. I want to talk to a group of 100 players every day and see can I motivate them and see can I – get through that I didn't get to to myself and try to get back to the winning old 90 Nebraska ways, man. Just watching all, just watching all the documentaries from the 90 highlights and the 90, cause I didn't play ball this year. And I'm in Canada. We don't have big 10 network. Just anytime it says Nebraska or anything on big 10, I'm all locked in because I just haven't been free for eight or nine years to get right. into it. And man, I, I wouldn't want to get back to winning ways. I want to coach just seeing Tom Osborne and the way they, the way the duck watch, the way to get off the ball, the way they run the ball, the way they celebrate. I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything like it. It's like a video game almost. It doesn't even seem real. The, the running backs have seen way bigger. They seem way faster. Everyone on the D line just look like monsters. I, I don't know how to describe And I, I want to put that on a team. So <clears throat> have you been watching Nebraska? Yes. And we, um, I have to ask you, what do you think of what's going on with the Nebraska Cornhuskers right now? Uh, I think we we started out the first game in Ohio State. And I was like, this this is what I came to see. The first the first drive we came out, the first half, I think it was a couple penalties, and they had a big fourth down. They hit a slant, and I think the game kind of slipped out to that. This last week, we really just couldn't get anything passing. We really couldn't get the passing game going, but I'm excited. The guys fighting. We had a chance to win that game. We looked better on the O-line and D-line 
from my perspective, I don't know what everyone else is looking at. I think we look bigger. I think we look stronger. I think we're getting a little bit more pressure on the edge. Oh, man, we're 0-2. That just doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to stay positive, but we're 0-2. Uh, I'm, I'm behind the guys. Um, I'm, I'm ready to get Nebraska back to the winning race. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to go through these rough patches for Frost to get the right guys in there and us to turn around. You can see the guys are – you can see some speed starting to show up out there. You can see some size. You see the younger guys starting to play. I'm excited, man. I know we've been saying this for about 20 years now, but I'm excited for the next two years to see how the guys grow. <laughs> so, is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you want to tell people that are going to listen to this, Nebraska fans? Um, man, if we can get more guys, I don't know if this has anything, but if we can get more guys to come on a visit to Nebraska. We can get the we can get the guys that we want, the guys that we need. My biggest thing, I just – I know I wasn't like a big fish or anything, but I just remember when I took my visit to Nebraska, I knew right then before I left that I was coming to Nebraska and I hadn't knew anything about Nebraska besides, like, I was a kid in the 90s. Like, I know who was winning, but I didn't know anything about the history and tradition. And I didn't even know on my visit. I was just here just all – just all wide open. And, man, come be a part of something special. You know, I think we're we, – I don't know if I have anything else to ask you right now. Man, so, well, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully everybody in your family staying safe and healthy, and uh, I wish you the best for now. You Thanks, man. I w- look forward to doing this again. I'm sorry for all the holdup. I've been doing a lot of job interviews and a lot of things going on, but we should stay in touch and do this again before my season starts. I, you know, I, I, I'm going to end this, and I'll talk to you about that. Uh, this has been John's Post-Life Crisis with Jamarcus Hardrick, Yoshi Hardrick, Grey Cup champion Hardrick. Oh, a lot of different names for the guy. Thanks for listening, and go Big Red. <laughs>